Hey, what's up, guys? Arava here, and welcome back to the Pit Lane Podcast, episode 127 today, to discuss the Japanese Grand Prix and also the 2021 F1 rules, because there's been some interesting news with that. But it's been a while. I know, again, uh, kind of getting towards the end of the season, a very patchy, very busy time of the year for all three of us, so we apologize for that. But we're back finally to discuss the Japanese Grand Prix. Use your host, myself, Callum, and Tom. Guys, the Japanese Grand Prix probably wasn't an all-time classic. Um, I don't think it continues technically the streak of great races we've had ever since that horrendous French Grand Prix. Since then, it's been a good streak, probably up until Russia, I would say, because Russia was pretty crazy just because what happened there with the Ferrari swaps and the fact that the surprise DNF then meant that Mercedes somehow got a random one too when it didn't look like it. But that one, I wouldn't categorize as continues a streak. It was still an interesting race weekend, nonetheless, because obviously we had the very weird thing of qualifying on the Saturday morning, 1-2 uh, for Ferrari, and then within 20 seconds of the race, they bottled it, basically. Their entire race was gone because Bottas was into first. Vettel nearly jump star, or he did technically jump star and got away with it. And Leclerc obviously hit the Stappen. So it was a bit of a weird one, really, at the start. And then the rest of it kind of just, I don't know, petered out, really. But um, I don't know. What do we what do we make of Valtteri Bottas winning the race and Mercedes getting the Constructors' title then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's probably best to start with Mercedes and yeah. just kind of put your, put your hands together for him because it was... I think I think was it the F1 account that did a whole video on like it was like one is brilliant two is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it basically counted up <laughs> yeah, yeah and you've got to think like six world championships in a row and I see comments all the time like people like to take the mick on Twitter and be like oh aided by Pirelli back in 2013 or this thing and back in then but you've got to give your hand to them they have done an absolutely exceptional job uh, led by obviously the, the the two world champions in Hamilton and Rosberg over the years, and Bottas is doing, well, he did a stellar job on uh, race day on Sunday, but you've got to give it to them. They've put an absolute shift in, and beautiful tribute to Nicky Lauda this year yep. uh, to kind of just dedicate that championship towards him because he was at the helm, and undoubtedly, I bet he made a massive, massive impact. So fair play to them. I'd love them to not get a seventh, as bad as that <laughs> sounds. I'd love for them to be a bit more of a... Um, a bit of a fight at the front, and I think we are slowly getting there. Once for well, obviously after we speak about Ferrari and their downfalls, uh, but um, <laughs> no, without a doubt, absolutely exceptional job and fair play to every single one of them. I've, I've got a lot to say about Mercedes. Um, six championships, um, well played. That's it. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> okay, I'm just bored so now. Wow. I, I, put, I, I had a bit of a mini rant on Twitter, like I'm. It's that GGS, but oh man, I need something like next year. I'm praying with the regulations staying the same, like something happens because um, like I'll take any one at this point just to like compete because I, I need something as a neutral. It's yeah, I mean it's bit. been bearable though. I think the last the last three years really haven't felt like Merc dominance though because of the fight that ha the, the fighting that has been here and there. With Ferrari, so it's been kind of more bearable actually, and also we uh, 2016 was pretty decent yeah. obviously because of the whole Ross Baby Hamilton thing. But still yeah, we, felt inevitable. Yeah, inevitable. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just kind of a bad thing that I've almost, I almost, I've excited to accept that inevitability in a way, which is kind of a bad thing maybe. So yeah, next year hopefully it is uh, not going to be maybe seven, but it's probably a strong chance because like Cal said as well, you know, Merck are just you know they work their socks off and that team, you know, even when they're behind, they work their socks off then to get back into the front and the foray. So um. 
you know, it's but it's pretty mad. Do you think about it? Six double championships. Obviously, it's inevitable that uh, one of the Merck drivers will now win mathematically. It's probably going to be Hamilton. Let's just be real. But Bottas is still in the mix. But uh, mathematically, but it will probably be Hamilton. So that'll be yeah, six double world championships is just insane. But that race, um was a bit of an odd one for them. Obviously, they didn't perform in qualifying. The pace, though, on Friday practice looked so good. And so I wasn't really surprised once Bottas got into the lead, he was able to control that very well. I was surprised that Hamilton, he wasn't able to do much. But at the same time, you could see, I don't know, the, the way the cars were and the pace was... Hamilton was getting so close every time into turn one and sector one, he was looking like on rails, even despite having some damage from Leclerc's little mishap on the on the back straight. And then every straight, especially through uh, off spoon curves, the Ferrari just shot off the way. So it was just a bit of stalemate there. But um, I don't think there's much else to talk about Mercedes really in that race, is there, guys? I, I want to mention one thing. Yeah. Hamilton's radio, when he was discussing about, I've lost this race, you know, with the strategy, and he had right, a bit okay. of a rant on the radio. Yeah. This is an interesting one for me because I'm not a fan of when the driver speaks to the team like this. Right, um, like criticizes them a little it, bit. It, it, especially publicly, you know. Right. It, it, we, we, people give, and I give, you know, like Alonso stick, for example, you know, with the yeah, McLaren yeah. Honda. And, and that was, even then, that was probably more justifiable because of how bad it was. And um, it's a double-edged sword because with Hamilton, he's done this before. Like this season, especially, he's had a few moments where he's had like a bit of a yeah. mini rant on the radio where he thinks what he thinks is the better decision. And sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. Um, but, uh, for example, Hungary springs to mind where he had a rant, you know, about the strategy but ended up being, you know, what he wanted would have been the wrong call. And um, it's interesting because at the same time, that's probably what makes him so strong because I think he's so highly demanding as a driver. They, they have to stay on their game. Yeah, and I think it's those little moments you, yeah. that really make the difference, and I can appreciate that. But having said that, at the same time, I still I can't like it because I feel like it is quite. It's not like um, a soft bashing. It is quite harsh public radio messaging, and it's out there for the world to hear. So it's almost like Mercedes get their pants pulled down a bit. It's a bit embarrassing, I think, at times. So I've I've got an issue with it, but at the same time, I kind of respect it. It's weird. I know what you mean. It's it's in because as a Hamilton fan, like I I saw a few tweets. I think it might have been Justin Sutton that tweeted about the fact that is it Hamilton who just moans a lot, or do they just broadcast his radio more often when he does moan? In the same way that maybe they might broadcast Vettel if when he moans, they might broadcast him more than right, yeah. a driver lower down. But I do think that he does go over the line, like he is, and I think. I think, and this is what I mean, I think it's a good trait to have, but in general life, it's bad. He's a yeah, sore like, loser. He is like, a sore loser. A good he example is Leclerc recently. He's had his moment, but I think he's also realised, okay, I'm, I'm speaking out publicly against Ferrari here. I'm just going to be careful of what I say. Yeah. You know, like, and he's always said, like, I respect your decision. I'm just letting you know that, you know, I'm not, ha I'm not happy. I'm angry. Or, you know, like, oh, we'll speak about this after the race, that kind of thing. Uh, but then he calls into question thing. how effective that is. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. You don't, in a sport which is all about getting your elbows out, you don't want to push over. And you could argue that Leclerc has been pushed over a little bit by Ferrari this season. And I think whenever Hamilton has, he instantly, the race afterwards, responds. Both Mercedes and himself respond. So I, I do agree with you with the fact that it's not very good. And I also agree with the fact that I that's the works. reason why they have won so many championships is because mm. if they're not winning, 
then that's not good enough. Yeah. That's a simple yeah. thing. And I think that's quite adm- admirable. As awful as it looks when they don't win, it's quite admirable when it does when they do win because they look like an unstoppable force. Yeah. And also, on the topic of radio, shout out Bottas. Nobody's favourite driver here, but, you know, that little radio <laughs> at the end, uh, James, it's Valtteri. Fair play, son. Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, Meme was... lord over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked out at the end. Man, man played the Uno switch card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he literally played play the reverse for the actual good way to say it. Um, so that, that's Mercedes uh, at the Japanese Grand Prix. Ferrari then, as I said, imploded within 20 seconds. Uh, Vettel, very weird... Uh, false start then bad start basically um, I, on, I, feel, I don't know about you two that have you seen any of it on Twitter but I feel like for me everyone was caring far too much about the fact that he jump started by like a millisecond like what well, apparently he didn't it's, it's the exact same well, thing Bottas had well, at Austria yeah, last well, year well the thing is like the yeah the FIA deemed there's no penalty because within the constraints of what they deemed human reaction time he was fine but then there's videos from the stands and stuff that like show him budging a little bit but then he still got a bad start even he said he got a bad start Hamilton laughed a little bit because Hamilton was adamant that he jump started should have got a penalty doesn't matter for Lewis but obviously that's the racer within him of wanting well, to see the competitor mm-hmm. get a penalty ahead of him but I don't know. Michael for me, Massey said the sensor didn't go off. Like they got sensors. And right. Yeah. No sensor but went yeah off, so. Either way, whatever the hell happened, I don't know. Just for me, like on Twitter, everyone just cared far too much. Like it did not matter because he got a shocking start anyway, and Bottas jumped him. If he got a yeah. great start, then fine, make a fuss of it. But it didn't really matter at all then in the end. Like I don't know. Maybe that's me being think, naive or something. I don't know. I just don't. It, I didn't it calls care. into question the fact that like. You can't. I don't think you can use it as a just follow-up excuse to go. Oh well, he had a bad start anyway. It's like with Kimi, he had a shit start. Right, but, but his jump start was a clear three seconds he, he, before the lights went out. But I, I don't know why they didn't just go. You can't move before the red lights. Isn't that just a lot easier? Like yeah. I don't know the sensors. Why do you just have the sensor to say, well, you can't move? I think it's because I, I, I think it, it just needs to be a bit more black and white yeah. than rather than I think it did game there, like there, there is black and white of but the black and white's got like some wiggle room because the sensor box is basically the pit box the little grid slot basically and because he didn't move outside of it they were like oh he didn't really move then I think the best way to resolve this is if F1 had some kind of like goal line technology system with the line or the lines or the yeah. you know the little yellow line anything mainly the yeah. box so if um, from the top, if a millimeter of the tire on the car touches the line, you know, like, you know, like Hawkeye in tennis or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, some kind of system like that, where uh, say they just, say they have like a Vettel or a Raikkonen mistake, and the, the the car jumps. If they don't get out of that box, I don't think it's a problem because they haven't got out of like an illegal territory bound. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still they're, within they're, the they're box. So you've got to remember that this is a sport that sometimes likes to play within lines and then sometimes doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not as simple as that, apparently, in F1 terms. But in football terms, if the ball's out, then it's out. If you've moved out your pit box, then yeah, you're out. So it shouldn't be... You, no, Arav, you're not being naive. It shouldn't be as like up, up in arms. It should either be black and white. But the FIA obviously yeah. aren't very good at making black and white rules. Yeah, well, I, I think that's I, I think that's maybe again. what a lot of people right. are fussing about more than, more so than penalising Vettel, more than just the FIA of what they're what the hell they're doing. But I don't know, just like, I was reading through it like 10 a.m. just like getting the aftermath of the Grand Prix, and everyone was just still banging on about this stupid start. I was like, isn't there more to talk about in this race than his little tiny false start? Um, it goes to show that people don't really want to race either, though, because okay, put this all aside, uh, they let one slide, and they 
surely as like a neutral, you want to see a bit of a race. Like I know, okay, you might have got one anyway if Vettel's not there, but still, like we did in with hindsight, we didn't know before that like, after the race and after before the race how it was going to pan out. So yeah. on paper, you want the strongest drivers there just to have a race, and for the sake of like a a grey area, which you can lean on whatever side of the fence you want to lean on, depending on whatever decision is taken. Yeah. Do you want to just ruin and you know, make it a boring race, which it turned out to be kind of anyway? But still, you, you get my point. It could have yeah, been yeah, yeah. A, a good race. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was, I was a bit odd with Vettel. With Leclerc. And with Leclerc, it was. Um, <laughs> well, it, I don't know what you guys make of the incident, the contact between him and Verstappen. Um, I feel like it was almost not similar, but it's, well, yeah, sort of similar to when uh, I think it was uh, Perez and Gasly at the end of the race when they hit. And Perez didn't really give Gasly that much from the inside. But because it was lap one, I feel also there's that usual air of like, you know, like uh, a little bit of leniency because it's lap one. Things things can happen lap one. Um, and then uh, the aftermath was even weirder with Leclerc because obviously they told him to come in. He didn't cut. He was like, oh, no, I feel fine. Like the pace feels fine. And then obviously bits of his car just started flying off everywhere and actually broke bits of Hamilton's car, like on the onboard of Hamilton's car afterwards. The little horns, uh, horn winglets that you can just see past the halo. The left one was clearly broken off. Um, so it was kind of... And he lost his mirror. <laughs> yeah, and the mirror. Yes. was a bit mad. And speaking of mirrors, you guys see the clip of Leclerc through 130R. That yep. was... Insane. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> so we need to think about that afterwards as well. That that's that's been as well. a major debate. There's been major debating points, but if we speak oh. about Leclerc first, yeah, yeah, go on. Just clumsy. <laughs> that really, really yeah, clumsy. Yeah, yeah, He just understands yeah. that wide. Verstappen's minded his own business. Not the first time we've seen Leclerc be as clumsy as that, but it's like one bit that's of washout, bit on. of dirty air. Uh, the thing is. I'm I'm neutral. Yeah, I like Ferrari, of course. It's just the thing I've always grown up liking them. But generally, I'm neutral, and I, I can keep a you know a pretty simple um, judgment on things. And um, in the, the day, if Sebastian Vettel does what Leclerc does at Japan, I know exactly what the internet and what the yeah, going to yeah. be. So I don't see why uh, you know. Th- again, this is why now it's kind of harsh on Vettel now. He's now a meme, but. Leclerc hasn't exactly had a good season. He's had he's had his moments, you know. Um, he's had obviously this race in Japan, Monaco, messy weekend springs to mind. He also crashed in Hockenheim under no pressure. You know, he's also had his moments this season where he's thrown away a lot of points yeah, yeah. for himself and for the team. And um, again, Fry can't afford that. You know, I mean, obviously it's too late now. But if you if you combine his loss of points with Vettel's. It could have been a different season. And um, also on the topic of the penalty, um, I was very shocked it took as long as it did for him to get anything for the Verstappen one. Yeah. Considering, again, if we, for example, using past races as an example, what happened in Canada, when there was no contact, yet Leclerc spun a car around and oh, there was no penalty given. The consistency is consistent as Something, shit, honestly. <laughs> it, it's like, it, I, when I saw how long it took for the decision to come through, I was like, how is this? Uh, yeah, they took a long time. Well, they initially said no further action. It, it was unbelievable. Bizarre. So, like straight away, I'm thinking to myself, okay, fair enough. I can, in a way, I can see, like, like you said, lap one, dirty air, cold tires. I can let it. I can see it. But then, then it doesn't make no sense why Vettel yeah, got penalised in Canada. It, 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 uh, this needs to be resolved. This is a. This is becoming a problem now, like, big time. And again, people want to talk about it because let's say Verstappen's not involved, or Hamilton's not involved. Who have the biggest fan bases, so not as much noise gets made about it. But 
this needs to get resolved because like <laughs> yeah yeah it's been weird it's consistency bad. this year has been a little bit yeah just a bit jank really all round it's becoming like Premier League football standard of uh, stewarding officiating but it's also bossing around the cars on track so literally like it literally leads into the next bit where it's like well, why wasn't Leclerc showing the, the black and orange flag straight away because yeah, that car yeah. was obviously yeah, yeah. unsafe to drive and it proved it it took Norris it gave Norris a huge amount of damage because it yeah, only yeah, got, to come it got in early, debris um, <laughs> stuck in his. Um, it was uh, brake dot, yeah. I think it was. Yep. And well, I mean, I, I'm not gonna be all like, oh, it could have hit Hamilton, but it was a lot. It was a very large piece of debris, and it ripped his whole mirror off. Luckily, yep. the halo was there because I think it did hit the halo, so I think it steered it away. I don't think it was going to hit him anyway, but you know, it's still not safe. And why they just, they're just like, yeah, yeah, go on, just <laughs> stay out. Have it flapping about, why not? Very bizarre. In other news, on Ferrari still, um, I put a tweet out, a couple of tweets. Is Sebastian Vettel back? Because since Singapore, he looks really, really good. And again, I'm going to tie us back to Leclerc in the sense that I'm judging Leclerc fairly. I'm being a little bit, maybe people said I'm being a bit harsh, but he has made as many mistakes as Vettel this season, in my opinion. And, you know, with Sebastian Vettel, I feel like last season is always going to be like a, a dark cloud hanging over his head. But so far, since Singapore, even Singapore in itself, he drove fantastically well. Then Russia, race pace was surprisingly incredible. Yeah. Like no one saw that coming. Yeah. And his quality And then his qualifying race. at Suzuka was shades of Canada when he got pole. Again, it was like he was comfortably clear. And even in the race, like generally, the way he kept Hamilton behind as well, maybe the Vettel of old might have crumbled, you know, that kind of thing, or done a rash move, but he kept him behind again. So, like, there's little details. And it it does seem like Sebastian's kind of got back on top of things now, which is good to see. I I wouldn't say he's fully back yet. I think think he still needs some time to judge. Yeah, barely yet. But But he's getting his his swing back a little bit. Yeah, He's he's definitely got a bit of a momentum going on right now. And it's uh, hopefully good to see him carry that all the way to the end of the season because then that'll carry over uh, through the winter you'd hope to next year as well so yeah no yeah. I'll, agree, I'll agree with that definitely like the qualifying lap especially was like oh that's, that, that's like some 2013 Vettel going on there that's like yeah, you know yeah. Leclerc was yeah. just like Leclerc said it the quote was like I just couldn't match him at all could not match him at all and it was like yeah well, Vettel play. always used to be brilliant at Suzuka he always yeah, used to be yeah. so well, it's his fifth pole some seven Singapore so five Singapore you can understand when people go maybe we have got the Vettel of all back when he's pulling out laps like that again and ironically, <laughs> he does he does indeed make a mistake this race by jumping the start briefly and giving himself an awful start. Um, but I think it's, even then, he's I wouldn't on class the way that. back. But I'm not saying he's back just yet. That, that start issue, I, I wouldn't class that as like um, that's not in the same ballpark of like things that's happened to him in no, the last year and a half. Is, that's like it's one of them things that it just can happen. Like Bottas did it at Austria last year, but he didn't stall or stop he just kind of kept on and everyone thought he jumped the start but under review he was like millimetrical to like the very thousandth of a second light. yeah so like yeah. it's those kind of like that, very just, fine yeah. margins yeah. you know if, if Vettel decides to not stop and pull away and not double commit to the, a second start he's gone into turn one and he's holding on to that probably wins the race on it's a different question but you know again yeah. it's those I think with, months, with Vettel I think with the margin with Vettel's one it would have really it would have definitely been though I think they would have ruled it as he's, he's preempted the lights going out whereas with Bottas it was so fine that you can't like say he preempted it 
Rose Light with Vettel's is almost yeah. like, yeah, you've basically counted and you're guessing when the light's gone out, which you can't do. Um, you can't guess when the light's going to go out. Like, three, two, four, yeah. why not now? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's what they, when the whole Bottas thing came out, they brought it out like in the rule book or whatever. It says you can't preempt it, but because Bottas mm. was so close, you can't say humanly possible he was preempting well, I, anything. <laughs> I remember Bottas frame by frame. I think there was two or three frames before the yeah. lights actually go out. That his, If you look at the Pirelli on his tyre, the logo, it's rolling two or three th- frames before the light goes out. So again, it's, it's, that, it's those kind of margins. Uh, again, I wouldn't class that under the, 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 the mistakes he's had recently. And I think on another day, he pulls away and doesn't, st- doesn't do the second pull away. You know, yeah. it's just one of them things. But yeah, like, so yeah. you just don't know as well, though, because the Mercedes pace was really good that race. Uh, it was clearly very, very good on Friday. So um, I, I think maybe it would have been a more interesting race, potentially, then, because Bottas would have to go yeah, and overtake him. Yeah, a better start as well. You never know. They yeah. could play a bit of two-on-one, you know, like tactics and like Singapore, make something happen. Do you know what I mean? So it, it could have been a different race. But yeah, overall, just... I, th- I thought it was worth mentioning. I, I think he deserves a little bit of credit the way he's been driving lately. Cause, no, no, yeah, no. I th- I mean, um, since I, Singapore, I, don't think, I, I think obviously tw- Twitter is maybe one thing, but I, I've never thought yeah. that he didn't deserve the credit the last yeah. few races for sure. Well, listen, I'm not his biggest fan. I was, I, 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 I hate to say it, but I was one of those guys that probably would have booed him in 2013 if he was in the podium of us at a race. I, was, I would have been one of those guys. But you know, there's times when you can, <laughs> you, you can look at the other side of the coin and be like, okay, yeah, fair play. Yeah. You know, that respect. Yeah. Well, uh, for. And- Gone. I was going to say before we move, because Ferrari have stirred up the pot with confrontation and yep. ideas. Um, it has been rolling around on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter or if you're living under a rock, um, that the Leclerc going through one thirty R with one hand on the wheel, whilst he's holding onto his left uh, hand wing mirror, yeah, is now cause up a stir because now suddenly everyone thinks they're Formula One drivers and said that that's too easy. Well, ignore the fact that he's pulling five times the force of gravity through there. Obviously, that's that's just that's gone now. Gravity doesn't exist. Um, you can probably tell my stance on it. Yeah, no, no I, I think it's Formula sick. One cars oh, haven't suddenly got I too know, easy. You, you seem you're kind of on the fence with this one, Callum. No, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, 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 I look at that clip and go, "That's impressive. That's very exactly. impressive." The yeah, fact that he also uses his other arm as well, like he crisscrossed it, so that's even more impressive. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's because I think you'd probably get more stability. By I doing think, that. yeah, no, I, I thought that as well. I was like, why didn't he do the other way? But if I, if I thought about it, like if we like way back in the day when it was like, what oh, was that, twenty thirteen days on the F one game where we used to do like one handed challenges, you for the left hand you'd always want like your left hand. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, and he's right handed, so your stronger hand would probably hold onto the mirror better as well. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, so you can no, I, I, yeah, it's, it's one of those like old arguments that's come up before in the past about F one cars easy to drive or tracks being you know are not able to be challenging enough for the cars it's just sort of white noise don't get me wrong there I may think. be an element of it because even Hamilton said a few times in the last year or two he said like I don't feel like these cars give us a physical challenge which he has said and he's more one of the more experienced drivers like you think that the young drivers are even fitter you know every time the new ones come in they're even fitter than yeah. the ones in the past so maybe there's an element of it but at the same time that has to be respected what Leclerc did that was absolutely amazing yeah I'm um, going to say something really controversial here go okay. on oh. but <laughs> didn't they say that Eau Rouge was easy um, and yeah, what so. happened this year uh, just saying Sorry, just because it's too me. easy doesn't mean it's not yeah. dangerous no yeah no that's yeah that's... oh right okay sorry I apologise I apologise that's terrible I was laughing yeah no, no that's, uh... do you understand where I'm coming from like, no yeah, yeah no that's... just because it's 
easy doesn't mean it's not dangerous. Yeah, and no. I think it's quite a old argument to sit there and go, oh, it's too easy. Yeah. They're driving at 200 miles an hour. They, and death is still on the yeah. line in this sport. It's a lot rarer, but it's still yeah, there. Yeah, you could go through a corner 500 times. Go away with your 19th century opinions. It's... No, you could go through. You could go through a corner five hundred times, and one of those times, the car wobbles differently or something like that. It's yeah. always a, it's always going to be a challenge. They're not switching. These drivers are paid all this money to be consistent. Yeah, they're not like, switching. They wouldn't even make it to one thirty. They're not, they're not switching driver. off at one thirty R and just going in blind. Like, oh, I'll close my eyes if I want to do the next lap. Like, so yeah, no. I, I, I like I said, I think it's always just white noise when these arguments come up about it because it's always just going to ebb and flow with different cars, different eras, uh, different track differences because even the even the old track sometimes change their you know the, the the white line might move a little bit here and there the curb might be different one year um, there's always gonna be that part of the fan base so. yeah there's always gonna be that part yeah. and it's the part i never listen to on twitter and i usually don't follow most of them so usually the older fan but usually the older fan base but you know and to be fair like even i looked at it i was like wow that probably isn't like it's not the hardest thing that Leclerc's ever done i think that's what i think that's what maybe people are mistaking it with is the fact that it's not the hardest thing that an F1 driver's probably ever done, but it's compare it to what we can do. It's still pretty the sick. Yeah, why it's they're like, on Jesus. six figure salaries? Yeah, I don't remember because... I think people are saying, for example, I think what these people are trying to reference is, for example, if you didn't know, 15 years ago, 130R was different. It was a lot tighter. Yeah. It was a more like it was like less banked and much more dangerous corner. Dare I see had to lift. It was much more of a challenge. I think those people are like. Yeah, well, like, 130 yard back in my day was much more of a challenge. You know, nowadays, 130 yards are so easy. It's flat out. You know, you can easily do one-handed, you know. Look at me. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on then to Alexander Albon, P4 in the Red Bull. Talking about Red Bull. Obviously, Verstappen mm. retired in the end. Albon, uh, very strong drive. Aggressive drive, obviously. Had that tang with Lando Norris, which was a little bit debatable. Um, but, I mean, Albon and Norris, uh, pals off the track, so they didn't really care too much about that uh, afterwards. They are laughing about it. Um, but I would say solid drive, considering the circumstances of everything like that. Uh, obviously, the max he could have hoped for. So, um, mm. yeah. I and mean, isn't could... that his best ever result in Formula 1? I think so as well, yeah. And yeah, it's it was a fair play to him. Him and Carlos Sainz, P5, you know, both those lads, you know, great, great jobs for their respective teams. Uh, Carlos Sainz, oh, again, science is... we hardly saw any of him, uh, of him in that race <laughs> once more, but he does the job and gets another P5, cracking. Like, I mean, Sainz was so close to fourth. He was 10 seconds yeah, off. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so... a, couple, a safety car or a couple of laps, you know, like, and he's got it. It's so close. Yeah, yeah. So very, very solid drives for those two boys. Uh, Ricardo also another one to be fair P6 you know he got let through by Hulkenberg and he said yeah I'll, I'll on the radio yeah, I will get them now like thank you for letting me through I'll do the job and he did the job he made the moves on Sergio Perez and uh, got through obviously Leclerc's penalty elevated in one place to P6 but still did the job in terms of you know getting it done because uh, a lot of the times it can be quite awkward in F1 where you get uh, when you tell your team to be let through and some, uh, more often than not it's, it's always quite awkward because sometimes like oh yeah no it's just the car yeah the yeah. car yeah, the dirty they, they never actually overtake <laughs> yeah. um, but, but there's time. an asterisk yeah, this, yeah, this time it worked out for him. Obviously, then Leclerc, like like we mentioned, the penalty afterwards, very, very long afterwards, but he eventually got uh, demoted down to P7. Gasly, P8, very, very strong drive for him. I was happy. Yeah. You know, he got into Q3 with the Toros for the first time, and I'm just happy. And, <clears throat> uh, I, you know, for him, I think this is the best advertisement you could ever have, actually, in terms of, like, showing, like, he still can drive an F1 car quickly. I, I really think they're going to stay where they are next season. Because well, you... I, I just think they're, they're, that's the strongest they can have for both teams. 
Right, I, I would, I would say that in a way as well. I would agree with that, and I think, I think for Gasly, I think Gasly, I don't, I can't speak for him obviously, but I think he could be mentally happier in Toro Rosso doing a great job slapping yeah. Kvyat up like this. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a relatively strong pairing, and they'll probably score consistent points. I think as well, um, like the general F1 world has realised that that Red Bull is Verstappen's car. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Verstappen bull, yeah. Yeah, it's just what I've been saying. For ages. The, the 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 man the machine combo is it, no one's gonna. I think Hamilton wouldn't touch him in that car. I really don't. I think it's just such a strong link. It's, I've compared it to Marquez in MotoGP with that with the Thunder bike. It's no one's touching him. It's as simple as that. It, there's certain things that you just can't beat. It's just a funny thing. Um, it reminds me also of Alonso in Renault really as well um, when he won his championships. It's just the, the synergy is unbelievable. Um, Speaking of Renault, just quickly, there is an asterisk on Ricardo's sixth place because oh him yeah, yeah, and Hulkenberg are under investigation. Yeah, they got this. Uh, what was it racing point? A have serious lodged. investigation. Racing point have lodged a. Uh, what what what's the actual deed? Uh, it's a, it's an official complaint because apparently their brake bias system yeah, automatic is automated. Brake bias. Yeah, so they haven't got adjusted manually to each corner. It's like programmed or automatic. I don't know, automatic. It adjusts itself. Yeah, but basically, this is a serious one because. I think I remember who tweeted it. I, I can't claim the source. It's not obviously uh, I can't remember right now, but I'd love to say who it was. But yeah. they said this could be a serious one because it won't just affect this race. If they find this issue goes back, yeah, the whole races, season. Uh, well, it depends. I mean, obviously we don't I know when they had this in. Hungry, yeah. okay, hungry. So yeah. depends when they installed the system. But whenever it may be, they could lose a lot of points. And racing point are breathing down the neck in the constructors. So. It could be a weird form of... Um, well, Torosso as well. Torosso ahead of racing. Yeah, true, now, so. true. I do I say, love the, the the memes surrounding Renault, the, the fact that they've cheated and not benefited. Really. <laughs> like, they've not really. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you've got to cheat, at least do yeah, it properly. At least, yeah, at least do it right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. To be fair, I was say, I think it's quite nice, like, story-wise, how, like, Racing Point last season lost all their points as a constructor and had, like, gave... And now they're getting their revenge back And now someone. they're getting one back. It's a nice little bit of a positive karma there for those guys. <laughs> it's someone else's turn to lose their points. You lose a point. You lose a point. Um, so we got... Uh, yeah, so Sergio Perry's P9, Holcomer P10 then, obviously, asterisks on, on all those sort of things. Perez, um, lucky to finish the race again because the, there was a checkered flag kerfuffle. Yeah, oh, yeah. He should yeah, have the, got the, points. The, the system was one lap earlier than it should have been the so. fact that the the, the the checker flag dropped a lap earlier meant that that crash between Gasly and Perez happen. meant nothing it did not otherwise Stroll would have scored a point and Hulkenberg would have finished in ninth yep well there you go sometimes F1's like a paradox weird. it never happened <laughs> it's a completely different a multi- world a it's, a, yeah, it's an alternative <laughs> universe that one lap <laughs> so uh, yeah and then well, I guess we'll, well, the rest of the order is basically uh, look like this then Kafiat Norris Raikkonen Grosjean Giovinazzi Magnussen Russell Kubica and then obviously Verstappen with the DNF uh, really uh, tough uh, race weekend for Alfa Romeo Raikkonen had nothing to say apart from he was just baffled like they just didn't really know where the pace went and to be fair I don't think everyone They've is been horrible since Spa. Yeah, it's Especially been really, it's been frustrating. It's been know? a rough one because uh, it looks like they're building some momentum up after Spa, and then, um, and then yeah, I want to make a quick prediction here and now. I don't think Abyss is going to see out the season. Well, you mean wait, what? Is it, what? Williams will boot him, or he'll leave early? It could be a mutual thing. Right, mutual but agreement. I, I reckon it could be I, a, with a little bit of extra money, get someone else in ready for next season. 
I think so. I, th- I don't like think we're going to see the last race. Anyone, whoever it may be, they got Latifi. in plan. Like, right. could we see Hulkenberg move early? You know, Hulkenberg, Ocon make a late, you know, or early return. You know, like, I don't know. It could be a bit of musical chairs. But I'm just saying, I've got a funny feeling. It's looking a bit nasty. And I, I well, saw... Well, yeah, because he, a... he had that, um, that quote about his wing being changed, wasn't it? So In Russia, yeah. They, they, they literally retired him in Russia. They retired him just because they didn't have enough wings. In the end, what? it proved they to be it was right. Crash. They, they they proved to be right. Williams were right because Kubica crashed in qualifying. He binned it, so they needed the wing. But still, um, this is like it's so confusing. Again, this is a bit of a, a situation here because Kubica's main sponsor, which is the team's main sponsor, Williams, on the car, they were like, "Why did you bring in our driver?" You know, for no reason, mm. and it's kind of it's got a bit nasty. And apparently, according to like See? reports, like, I saw Will Buxton tweet it's getting a bit ugly behind the scenes right so well, I mean yeah I think obviously Kubitz has not really praised Williams too much but I think in that scenario I, I could see it happening because like I mean, world, how, no. how many wings do they need to make now for the end of the season <laughs> like you look at it and you'd go well you'd hope just one yeah, you just hope like improve yeah. it like but Maximum two, like per driver, like, and I know what a front wing's twenty five grand, I think, something stupid like that. Probably more than that. But maybe a bit more than that, actually, hundred grand. A lot more I than think. That. I mean, not a Williams one is probably twenty five grand. <laughs> I remember that they pinned. Yeah, probably. I think I remember they pinned Verstappen's crash. I can't remember where it was and Helmut Marko went. Yeah, that probably cost us a hundred grand, and I was like, whoa, that's a lot. Because usually, for taking the wing off, you don't just take the wing off; you take a corner off as well. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, it, you look at you put it in that sort of literal money terms, and you go, probably they probably don't have yeah, enough yeah. money to keep replacing wings, especially with a crash like that in qualifying. That was wetting myself in the club. It drove on, <laughs> go on the grass <laughs> straight yeah. into the no, wall. It literally was one of the weird, like it's just like what, what? Look, come on, man! Like reminded like, me of um, Timo Glock back in two thousand and nine, if I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> When he put it in the we've, wall in Q1. We've all been there in the F1 game, okay? We've all done it at some point. Um, I thought Magnus, put my hand I thought up. No, Magnus I haven't. Was I'm, worse. Not, I'm not I stupid. I thought Magnussen's was worse. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Magnussen's was worse because he would have been fine, but he let off the brake and just let the car go straight into the barrier. That you was could a weird see that one. he was wrestling it, though. Like He was wrestling it to spin back yeah. around onto the track rather than going yeah. off because obviously it there was, was gravel. Both yeah. were just very, yeah, like, what's going on here, lads? <laughs> So, but Magnussen admitted that it was embarrassing. I think Kubica was just like, yeah, yeah. Kubica's just like, sta- staying the stance, of like, no. Yeah, like, <laughs> so yeah, uh, <laughs> just believing that it didn't happen. Yeah, it's like, just, no, it yeah, definitely no, didn't happen. Yeah, no, yeah, no, he didn't Close see it. He did, yeah, he closed his eyes. He didn't see it. He didn't see it. it didn't happen. <laughs> the car just has that much understeer. It just goes off. Yeah, turn, but nothing happened. It just literally. straight on. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, the Japanese Grand Prix then. But uh, I guess we move into the final bit of topic then for this podcast, which is um, talking about the 2021 rules, because there was a bit of news coming out that um, uh, apart from four of the teams, the remaining six um, basically were not fully happy with the 2021 rules and would probably not back it in a, like they did an internal poll of all the teams and six of them were like, yeah, we're not actually that happy with them. We'd oh, rather dear. keep the rules we got right now. And those out of those six, three of them do include the top teams we have right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the top obviously. teams though. There is a caveat. The top teams have a counter proposal that they think will have the same effect in terms of like the dirty air, like reducing that. And so the FI have. I, th- I think it's something like the FI will actually 
maybe look at that proposal and they'll judge it and if it if it somehow works the same way there could be a possibility they go with this proposal or something but basically the time's ticking and that poll so was a meeting on wednesday i think yeah and that poll was just a bit like well this is a bit crap isn't it and i, I said it and it, it got a lot of like, a lot of feedback a lot of people going one way or the other a lot of majority think agree with my point of like and i've said it before on the podcast i think we've all kind of said it before of like it really it's not great to see the teams dictate the sport they're in no yeah. and if anyone's gonna have a say it's the teams that are struggling so they can get back up, like back up. Right, yeah. Not the ones that are on top. And obviously, keeps on and obviously, there is the caveat of like you know, there is the the, the argument. St- stable rules actually mean that teams can catch up. But obviously, we're not just trying to allow teams to catch up to the top three teams. We're trying to make the entire sport better in terms of the following. And so, even if there is Formula A and Formula B, the racing within those Formula A and Formula Bs will be better as well yeah there's two different things there's the there's the separation between the top teams and the rest of the grid and then there's the just the general improving of the racing you can't blur the lines the you need yeah. to try and find yeah they're, a, not, yeah, a they're not the same both. thing yeah so i kind of took the mic and i was like well it looks like we're just gonna be stuck with drs forever then because that, that's the best sort of racing we're gonna be getting but <laughs> the, the the odd stance on it is like for example like mclaren they were for the rules yeah and i'm sat there like well, they've just made the biggest step forward they have in years. The and they're for the it. Like, why would they want to? Like, Renault, they were obvious. Williams, they were obvious. And the other team was... I think Alfa Romeo, I think. Alpha, that's right. Yeah, but the funny thing is, all these teams, these four teams, are not teams that would struggle financially or get swallowed up. Because normally you'd think the teams that need a bit of help would be the ones that try and push for change well you look at it like but racing point for money. example they've not got all the money in the world no exactly so, like, you could kind of understand why they wouldn't want to change because obviously they they put all this research and development into their current car they'd be like oh this is a bit of a pain in the ass to then be like oh let's put research into a completely different concept and formula of a car and like people pointed out that like mercedes racing point well there's a link there ferrari Haas, there's another link there yeah red bull toro so there's a link there and I think someone from Haas tweeted out, or no, someone from uh, who works for Racing Point was like, nope, we literally just think this way. Like They don't believe on the behalf of Mercedes. The only two you can guarantee are Torosso and Red Bull. Shock. Um, or or as uh, we not even spoke about this. What they're going to be called next season? We I've did. forgotten me it and, already. Me and Aref did. Alpha oh, Tauri. Right. Or Alpha, say, Alpha Tauro or something Alpha like Tauri, I think it is. Yeah. So, um, it's, clothing right, brand. it's not going to be confusing. There's only going to be two Alphas on the grid Clo- now. Clothing brand for uh, Red yeah. Bull. But yeah, Alpha, yeah, two Alphas. <laughs> Great. Um, but, yes, they, sh- they, they, don't, they shouldn't be defining the goal. They no, I don't. Yeah, no, that's that. It's simple. And people are tweeting me back saying, "But then you wouldn't have the, like the team. You have to have the teams agreeing to stuff to be in, to have the sport that you're talking about." But I'm like, no. I really wholeheartedly believe in almost the Jeremy Clarkson approach. Not obviously as as angrily and as expletive as Jeremy Clarkson, but <laughs> it should be a case of F1 go. This is our game. This is our rules. You either join or you leave. Like. Yeah. It, like, and it, there's a team on the horizon that's thinking about joining because of the 2021 rules, yeah. I believe. Yeah, little yeah, no. little murmurings. Yeah, there's, little, little, there's a few murmurings of new teams Panthera. wanting to join, which would be nice. Yeah, F1 team. But 
I just, I just don't understand. Like, like you look at it, and it's like, like deep within Mercedes heart. Like, do they really want the sport to be this boring all the time? Yeah, I just don't get like. Oh, like, deep down, they do. Obviously, oh, no, obviously, I think does. also Merck, the top three teams have this other proposal that they've apparently formed. So maybe that obviously they're they're like being very you know high and mighty of like oh the the we, the, the concept we've thought is much we, better, yeah. and so we should do this concept. Obviously, they'll show that to the FI. They they'll judge it. Hopefully, they just choose the right decision. Um, but. Uh, for the other teams, obviously, Toros, have, like you said, follows Red Bull. The other two don't know what they're playing at. Uh, I just don't, I don't get it, though. It's just very counterproductive to be like this, like doing an internal poll and be like, no, I don't like the, the rules. <laughs> like, Yeah, very uh, bizarre, but well, yeah. well, let's, aren't they supposed to be deciding yeah, when soon? So, yeah, yeah when I, say, I remember they, they said October. And, Appar- yeah, appar- well. Apparently, these are definitive. This is going to be the... We will know on third, well after Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. Like right, apparently. Okay. Why are we shooting meeting? this podcast on a Monday? Wasn't my call because we can't morning. wait any longer to do the podcast <laughs> after Japan because we've waited already two weeks since the last podcast. Basically, but we can always do another one if we need to. So we'll yeah, do, we can do another another one later next week because it's an off race one, so we can always do it like ne- this time next week on Monday or Tuesday um, yeah. for the rules or whatever. But um. Yeah, I think that's a nice way to end it then, basically, uh, on, on those uh, on those rules and the kind of you know, baffling thing about that. So that's been this week's podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Again, apologies. It's been, uh, obviously, since Hungary when we went to that GP and then coming back after, it's been so hectic for all three of us in terms of, you know, videos for me and Tom. Cal's obviously changed his, if you don't know, he now edits videos for Veloce now. So a lot of stuff's changed in the background. So our lives are very, very busy. And generally speaking, also, you guys kind of know the pattern. It's like been that for like three years now. Generally, towards the end of the season, it starts getting a little bit less frequent just because... You kind of get burnt out a little bit with the podcast, basically. But we're trying to we're trying to do as best job we can to keep up with it. Um, hopefully, we'll try and get one for for these new rules being confirmed uh, next weekend. But uh, yeah, if you guys did enjoy this one, then be sure to hit that like button. Let us know what you thought in the comments below about that, especially the debates about the 2021 rules. That'll be a very interesting thing to know in the comments below. If you are new around here, you can subscribe to this uh, channel for the podcast. You can check out these two uh, their handles, uh, Twitter handles on screen the entire time. If you do want to support us directly as well, you like what we do around here, you can check us out on Patreon or G2 Omega and use the code pitlane f1 at checkout to get uh, get yourself a racing chair obviously on the entire time on screen you've seen we're on all audio platform most audio platforms uh but yeah hope you guys have enjoyed this one and we'll see you hopefully next week basically uh, for another episode till then guys hope you enjoy the rest of the day goodbye